1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome in, world. It is time for Trust the Tape. Uh, The best podcast there is, the best podcast there was, and the best podcast there ever will be. Maybe. Uh, Dane Brugler at DP Brugler on Twitter. Alongside myself, Jeff Cavanaugh at JC103... What? Hold on. Hold on. We're going to... In three, two... One, Dane Brugler is at DP Brugler on Twitter. I'm Jeff Kavanaugh at JC1053 and we had awesome college football. So we'll talk about what happened. We'll take your Twitter questions and we will preview uh, next weekend and it's going to be a kick butt podcast. Good morning, Dane.
0: Good morning. Yeah, we're going to preview next weekend, which is going to be even bigger than opening weekend, but opening weekend was pretty fun. There are a lot of good games.
1: Yeah, I'll start with, I don't have the internet, so Dane has to do everything that involves the internet. But I'm going to start with this. If you haven't watched a Georgia Tech game, I think every college football fan should be required to watch a Georgia Tech game once a year. Because however old you are, it's going to roll you back to a different time. I guess you could watch an armed armed forces game also if you wanted to do it. But Georgia Tech and the triple option is one of the greatest things to watch in college football. It is incredible because you're just sitting there like, Guys, it's the same play, but there's nothing you can do about it.
0: It's the, not the most fun for evaluation purposes, you know. I mean, when you're trying to find guys for the NFL, but if you're looking for you know just fun college football, absolutely. And hey, Tennessee had trouble with it, but Tennessee came out away with the victory, uh, somehow, some way, double overtime.
1: Who's your triple option guy? I was Tommy Frazier is my guy. Yeah, because I, I was born in '84, so at about ages 10 to 12. Uh, Tommy Frazier at Nebraska was the greatest thing to ever do. Some it.
0: of your first uh, cultural memories. I know a memories. lot of people say Holloway
1: yeah. at Oklahoma. Yeah. I think it depends on age. Right.
0: A different wishbone. Uh, you know, I I mean, it's not my first memory, obviously, but what Keenan Reynolds did at Navy was a lot of fun. He was and awesome. Yeah, he, he was. He, he kind
1: of willed his way into the NFL.
0: Yeah, he did. I, running back, receiver, quarterback, I mean, just – Get him some way some, somehow he'll he'll be able to be productive. So uh, he's just fresh in my mind because he's most recent. But uh, yeah, he's probably one that sticks out the most.
1: All right, now that I got that out of the way, you can pick the order that we go over the games of the weekend.
0: Oh, it's just gonna go chronologically. Uh, you know, Thursday things got kicked off with Ohio State, and you know we mentioned that Ohio State probably start off a little a little slow. Indiana is no pushover. Uh, the game was in Bloomington, and that's kind of what played out. Ohio State for two two and a half quarters. Uh, struggled to get things together on offense, kind of what we saw last year. Uh, But the defense kept them in the game. Uh, The defensive line is just as advertised, absolutely unbelievable. The corners, Ohio State's corners came into that game with zero career starts combined. So it wasn't a surprise that we saw them uh, Get Indiana, uh,
1: Simi Swami Swat, Simi
0: Cobb, Simi, yeah, he, he's he's good. He he entered the year, I think he's my number five junior wide receiver. He's making a case to why he should be number three, number two, moving up. Uh, but you know what, Denzel Ward is still a stud for Ohio State. I, I still think he's a big time player, big time corner. Uh, give Indiana credit. We saw three step drops, so those quick throws. So the defensive line, I mean, basically mitigated the strength of the Ohio State defense and when you leave the corners on an island it, you know the the placement by LeGo uh of the quarterback giving his wide receivers a chance on back shoulders uh, on different types of throws to the sideline so give Indiana credit but Ohio State uh things got together in the second half and you know JT Barrett is not the type of quarterback who you can just you know he's going to put the offense on his back and you know okay let's let's go win games but if you put talent around him and we saw it over his career when he had Devin Smith and Michael Thomas you know Ohio State went to the national title game I know some of that was Cardell Jones but when you put talent around JT Barrett Ohio State that offense can move and you know what wide receiver is going to step up and the opening game you know a lot of drops by the receivers the true freshman J.K. Dobbins is going to be a stud uh, only 18 years old uh, he's going to be fun to watch but They've got to get things figured out quickly. We're going to talk about it in a little bit, but they've got uh, Oklahoma coming up here this weekend.
1: So I don't think I'm going to pick Ohio State. Are we allowed to change predictions? Because I'm out on them as the Big Ten champion now. Really, after watching that game, just interesting. To, like, I agree. With, I agree with you because they just they win the line of scrimmage. They kick your butt. Indiana just had to have receivers make one on one plays, but at the same time. I thought they were going to open the offense up. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm told that Ohio State was going to start pushing the, the ball down the field. I just, to me, that team is like, and maybe they do win the Big Ten, but you run into a Clemson and you lose by a hundred because that team is actually running out a quarterback that's looking to score fifty. Right. I I feel like Ohio State is playing Alabama football. We're taking, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to run three yard crossing routes. We're going to hand the ball off a bunch. Our quarterback's going to run, and we're going to play good defense. It wears me out. You're too good. Yeah. The great colleges that can recruit anybody they want, open it up for me. Just do it for me. Open it up. Go try to score points.
0: Well, I mean, a few programs have recruited at the level of Urban Meyer and Ohio State, but they just haven't found that that go-to receiver. Now, last year they had Curtis Samuel, who was a big part of that offense. He's gone this year. Now, who's going to step up? You know, Paris Campbell uh, Benjamin Victor. I mean, there are a few names, few high-profile four-star receivers out there, but someone needs a step up for JT Barrett. I think they, I think they held some stuff back for the Oklahoma game, so I'm not willing to jump ship yet. Uh, this Oklahoma game coming up on Saturday will be huge, obviously, and uh, I think will help shape the perception of who Ohio State really is. Uh, the game is in Columbus, and you know we'll get to it later, but. I, you know, I, I'm not well. You know, week one's so tough. There's no preseason in uh, college football as opposed to Penn the NFL. State
1: played nobody, but I, that's who I'm picking. Yeah, up. I switched to Penn State. I want hey, Michigan team looked one. a
0: lot better than I thought they would for losing as much as they did from last year. Florida, you know, they well, they don't have a quarterback. They have problems on offense, problems all over that roster. Michigan
1: doesn't have a quarterback either.
0: But I, I kind of like JT Barrett. They have someone that can you know at least be
1: you got he got talent for around them. A dude named O' They brought in a guy named O'Korn, and then at halftime, Harbaugh went and told him, he's like, hey, listen, I'm not really going to play O'Korn anymore. <laughs> you're going back in, but stop throwing pick sixes, because no, you're I, the only one hurting us. I'm
0: not a big Wilton Spate believer, but he does have receivers. Uh, that that one freshman, true freshman, uh, Peoples, he's going to be a stud, Um, but, okay, let's let's get off uh, Big Ten here for a second. Go to... Find me somebody else to
1: bash. Let's go. I'm in a bashing mood.
0: Well, let's talk about what we thought was the biggest game of the weekend. And, you know, the Alabama-Florida State game, you know, it just... I don't know. Florida State was in it. I mean, they, they weren't out of it. But it just seemed like at halftime, we, we knew what was going to happen. You know, we, we had a good idea that Alabama, the way they're playing on special teams, on defense, doing enough on offense... Um, you know, uh, credit to DeAndre Francois. He he made a lot of gutsy throws. I mean, he was who we thought he was, uh, one of the toughest dudes in college football. Now he's going to be out for the year with that hit. which Unfortunately, the game was already over at that point. But Alabama looked looked like the number one team. Calvin Ridley had a great game. You know, Alabama had ten completions on offense. Seven of them went to Calvin Ridley. He was the only receiver. It sounds who about
1: like the right ratio. Yeah.
0: It sounds about, about so, right. So, you know, there's no A.J. Howard anymore. Uh, you know, the, all the all the passes that did not go to a running back uh, went to Calvin Ridley. So uh, Ridley probably in for a, a bounce back year. He's definitely in the conversation to be the top top running back there this year. The defense for Alabama is awesome. Deron Payne at nose guard, he's a monster. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick making plays on special teams and defense. Uh, for Florida State on defense, Derwin James he was back and he uh, picked up right where he left off as a freshman. He was all over the place and he knocked off that rust. But you know, Alabama's just too good. Uh,
1: I don't think they're quite the same though. Like every year, we watch who the new guy is when they're going to reload. And like you, I watched the spring game a year ago and you saw Tim Williams and you're like, right. oh wow, there's a guy that's come screaming off the edge. I didn't really see a guy screaming off the edge for this Bama team, and I didn't really see a Reggie Ragland, Reuben Foster type. I saw their running back catching some balls out of the flats and shaking guys. It's like they're good. They're obviously good. They replace and they just have more monsters and more monsters and more monsters. But I just don't don't see either one of those impact guys. They'll probably just do it a different way. They'll have four first-rounders in the secondary, but I didn't see the the same Reuben Foster-level middle linebacker. I didn't see anybody off the edge that reminds me of Tim Williams. I just saw a big, physical, strong, you can't move us and maybe we'll cover a better team. But they could be the best in the country. Well,
0: and they did lose two linebackers to injury. Uh, Christian Miller, uh, definitely a big loss. Uh, and Lewis, the talented sophomore. So their depth at linebacker will be tested. Uh, I, I do believe, I'm do i a big believer in Rashawn Evans, who uh, made some plays uh, for Alabama on Saturday night. And Sean Deon Hamilton, good to see him back. So I, I do think they have... Uh, they have talent there, but you're right. Uh, through one game, we didn't see anyone really kind of step up and take on that uh, that role as a, as a Ruben Foster or someone like that. But you know, we'll see what Alabama does moving forward through the SEC schedule. Uh, what other games stood out for you? I mean, well, you got to talk about Texas. Oh, I mean, uh, we
1: got to talk about Texas. We got to talk about Texas A&M, UCLA. Oh gosh, um, Maryland, Texas. Here's my thing with that game. Is it embarrassing that Texas scored zero points on offense in the first half? Yes. Sure. They had the blocked field goal and the pick six. It's the only ways they scored in the first half on Maryland. But the other part of it is, for me, a big part of the disappointment to the University of Texas fans is that they were ranked and Maryland wasn't. That's not their fault.
0: No. They and, shouldn't have and, been and, right.
1: and, and replacing Charlie Strong with Tom Herman, if that made people's expectations immediately go to nine or ten wins, that's your fault. Texas and Maryland, I, I, I want to say Maryland were they? a year ago, they had six wins, they were a bowl team. They're like Texas. That You're at the same place. I, now, if you're a Texas fan, you might not want to hear it, but when we talk about the best teams in the country, you rattle off their six to eight guys to watch that are going to get drafted. Right. With Texas, you get a guy drafted a year. That's your average over the last five years. You get one dude drafted a year. So this year, do you have more talent? I guess. You tell me they got a couple maybe first-round prospects. Uh but they're not what they were when Colt McCoy or Vince Young was there. Should you have won that game? Probably. Yeah, you, you didn't. Have. But you're a little better than Maryland. That's who you are.
0: They got outcoached. I mean, it was a talent issue, and they did get outcoached. DJ Durkin, credit to his staff. I mean, that they, they had guys get hurt, uh, replacing guys, but they stayed true to the game plan, and credit to DJ Durkin and his staff. But no, you're right. And even Texas first rounders, uh, or you know, guys that could be first rounders, Connor Williams at left tackle. Didn't look good at all. He had a terrible game. Uh, Malik Jefferson, I, I don't think he's a first-rounder. I think he's more of a second-rounder, at least at this point. And he wasn't very impressive. I mean, he when he has a one-on-one opportunity, he'll hit you. And he's a powerful striker. But uh, his first-step instincts, uh, his awareness, his anticipation, still have a lot of questions there. And that's not what you want to hear from a linebacker. So Texas has plenty of question marks. Uh, you know, I thought they'd be 2-0 and going to USC for that matchup in Week 3 and it's it's hard to have... I mean, maybe they still might win seven or eight games and be an improvement on last year, but it did the first game did not look strong. For being in Austin at home against a Maryland team that I don't think is very good, but they've recruited well, and DJ Durkin's a heck of a coach. Credit to Maryland, and uh, yeah, bad for Texas, and sticking on that subject, Texas AM. and m Yeah, you know what? Sunday night... I've never. I I went to bed. Texas A and M. That was a good victory for the Aggies, huh? Uh, They're up. Oh, you
1: actually went to bed. No, no. Okay, okay. So, um, I'm
0: sure some Aggies fans did,
1: and some UCLA fans probably
0: too. Yeah, thinking the game was over.
1: This happens in college football, but not to that level very often. No. Watch watch watching the first half of that game. What you saw was Texas A and M was more physical they dominated both lines of scrimmage and they could have run the ball on every single play and one by 100 because they basically just were running it right at you and saying what are you going to do about it and ucla said nothing we're going to lay down have a great day i fired mora in the first half uh i put rosen in the seventh round in the first half and i said rest in peace to ucla season in the first half yeah how could you not in the second half when josh rosen what is that mid third quarter when he finally started dealing, when the comeback began, I even referred to it. I said, oh, I said, Rosen looking good in what I call Bortles time, like garbage time. <laughs> right. And it turned out there was just enough. T- you know, I, I I don't think you see that very often where it's not close on who the better team is. It's 100% domination all the way through. Right. And at some point, whatever the factors are, whether it's Rosen starting to get going, they protect him better. Uh, whether it's a false sense of security that we've already won this game and you can't get the switch flipped back. Mm -hmm. Just think about someone. You're on that sideline. It's like, okay, guys, like they've scored three times in a row. We're still good here, but could we please do something? And it's like, no, no, we can't. There's nothing we can do because there's a freaking avalanche happening. And I think in that game, if you're a big Josh Rosen fan, you saw everything you wanted to validate why you're a big Josh Rosen. If you hate Josh Rosen... exactly. At the end of that game, you're like, that's why. Yeah. Like, look at all this luck. Because two of those, one's a prayer. One of the touchdowns is an absolute prayer, which is good for him. You're down, well, It's two minutes left. There's a two-score game. Right. Hell, give somebody a shot. And it worked on accident. The one, the touchdown before that, he literally threw it at a defender <laughs> who I don't know how you can just stand there with a ball coming at you. Put two hands up, and it goes straight through. But it did for a touchdown. Literally right through his hands. There was luck involved. But over the, I mean, it was a 300-yard, four-touchdown fourth quarter. Yeah. Over the course of that game, he's just dropping dimes left and right. He's making decisions. He's moving people with his eyes. You saw everything you wanted. Unless you hate him, then you also saw everything you wanted.
0: I had UCLA because I, I did. I tweeted that, hey, on those drives, those two touchdown passes were absolute luck. Now the throws that got him down the field, uh, credit to him. I mean, they were. He made some excellent throws. He was tearing
1: apart the middle. of that I field. had
0: UCLA fans arguing with me and after the game, Rosen came out and said that the touchdown that was just that duck to the end zone, uh, he said he was trying to throw it away. And someone hit his hand. And so, it just lofted in the air and luckily his guy came underneath it. So, yeah, it was absolute luck. Rosen would be the first one to tell you. The one that should have been intercepted. You know, we say sometimes that throws should have been intercepted and sometimes it's maybe an exaggeration like if the guy
1: made a great play it could have right, right. this one this was
0: attitude. was an an interception when NFL teams will go back and grade this game it'll go down as an interception or a negative play uh it just it was that obvious of a of a throw that he just missed uh but the DB couldn't make the play and so for Kevin someone what are you doing i mean how you got to get your team i mean how you play especially in the second half of a game like this it's a reflection of you and you have to get your team geared up yeah, whether it's in the locker room at halftime, whether it's making adjustments in the second half, they ran the ball. Texas A&M ran the ball three times with their running backs in the fourth quarter. Trivion Williams, Keith Ford, they were running all over that UCLA defense in the first half. In the fourth quarter, they combined for three carries.
1: And they don't have a guy that can throw, really. Well, yeah, and right. I know that
0: they lost Starkle, uh, you know, and had, he had just had surgery over the weekend and uh, or on Monday, so he's going to be out for a while. Uh, they're going to be playing Mond, the freshman. And, you know, he's. Oh, well, Mond,
1: I know there was a second Nate. I think it was like phew, the second to last AM drive where they're just trying to get a first down and they run, they get two yards. Right. And then they try to throw a slant to Christian Kirk because the line's sort of stacked. It's like, hey, we got to get a first down or we're not going to win this freaking game. Let's throw the ball and get a first down. And it's a simple play. It looks like a Christian Kirk slant, and by the time Christian Kirk turns his head, it's eleven yards behind him and high. And he's like, "What are we doing?" And as someone on the sideline, you're sitting like, "Oh man, this is not good." (laughs) Right? Please, God, defense, hold up. And they couldn't.
0: No, they couldn't. And this this game kind of rolls into I think a larger point that I think we need to touch on, and that's just the quarterback overreactions in Week One. All right, Josh Allen, did you get a chance to watch Allen against I Iowa? I saw
1: parts of it, and uh, until I see the better version of Josh Allen, which I'm sure exists because people tell me it does, uh, until then I'm just going to call him Blake Bortles. Well, so you going to call him a guy that people like because he's 6'3", athletic and has a big arm.
0: And really that's a lot of what he is right now. Um, but I think it, it provide, we need context. We need context that his receivers didn't help him out. His receiver dropped a wide-open touchdown catch. Uh, you know, there was plenty bad with Josh Allen. Uh, Those two interceptions were terrible. Uh, He was off on some of his throws, but he was also making plenty of NFL throws as well against a tough Iowa defense on the road. Uh, But he lost so much from last year's offense that it's going to take a little bit before Josh Allen settles in. And so it's just, it it makes it a tougher evaluation when he's not getting any help out there. Um, And so, you know, a lot of people will point to Josh Allen's uh production or lack thereof against power five teams but i there's more that goes to it and so uh, i'm not the biggest josh allen fan i like him i think he has a chance to be a first round pick i think he, if the draft is tomorrow i think there's a very good chance he'd still be a top 10 pick uh but these quarterback overreactions. Who, would go,
1: who would go first rosen made a better case than darnold in week one which guy do you think which guy do you like better today
0: Darnold would still be their more pick. I, okay. I feel pretty confident about that. Okay. The thing with Rosen is there's so many scouts that just hate him because he's entitled. And he has that personality that he's got Eli they don't like. Cutler
1: face. Have you noticed? He's you <laughs> like Cutler face? Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Exactly. Uh, and so there's just a lot that people they don't like about him. But you can't question his toughness. I mean, what he did, and you know, some people question: Does he love football? If you don't like football, you're not doing what Josh Rosen did Sunday night. So uh, you know, there's. Could you say maybe he's misunderstood? Yeah, he's just an immature kid. And so, you know, at what point does he grow out of that? And he's going to be a difficult evaluation throughout this entire process. But Sam Darnold didn't have a great day either. Zero touchdowns, uh, throwing the ball, two interceptions. Western Michigan, losing Corey Davis, losing Terrell at quarterback, losing P.J. Fleck. They took USC to down to the wire. I mean, they were... Uh, tied up in the fourth quarter and, you know, USC finally pulled away, but that game should not have been close uh, like it was. Uh, but, you know, Sam Darnold to me, still the guy. Big game coming up this weekend against Stanford. Ronald Jones at running backs is an absolute stud. If it wasn't for Saquon Barkley and Darius Geis, we'd be talking about Ronald Jones, the USC running back, as being the guy. He is that talented. So, but these quarterback overreactions, people want these concrete conclusions based off of last year, based off of the season opener. We have an entire season left to evaluate. Let's let let this play out. I mean, Josh Rosen. Let's let's remember he didn't. His is his first college football game since October eighth last year. There was noticeable rust for him. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot of uh, variables with these quarterbacks that we have to take uh, into account before we start labeling them as a first rounder, as a uh, you know the definite top guy, as a definite top ten pick. So let's finish the season. Let's finish these evaluations. Go from there.
1: There's two other quarterbacks we have to mention when we talk quarterbacks. It's my new rule. It's my new rule. It's It's fair. It's my new rule. Lamar Jackson, Mm -hmm. because I'm intrigued. He's a right-handed Mike Vick. So I watched him play Purdue over the weekend, and there are still times where the throwing is sporadic. And Mm -hmm. it's, again, one week, so I don't want to do too much of an overreaction, but I felt like he was a more consistent thrower than he was a year ago. And I think if he shows that throughout the year, his, a bit, like his dynamic playmaking ability, yeah, somebody swings in the first round. Oh, yeah. I would. oh absolutely. I would absolutely do it. I, and I, I, I like to see where he plays himself to because, you know, you look at what Rosen did. And when a guy is asked, hey, you got to win it. You got to win it with your arm. Go do it. A guy that can just make throw, make throw, make throw, make throw, make throw, make throw, then sure, there's going to be more of a comfort level there with it. But watching Lamar work the middle of the field, making some of these throws where it's in stride and it's between mm-hmm. coverage, I feel like I am seeing the beginning of progress from the guy a year ago who's an awesome athlete that has a big arm, and I feel like I'm seeing a better thrower. But to your point, you can't overreact too quickly, but Lam-Lam's on the radar. Lam-Lam's on the oh, top ten no radar. there's no question.
0: I mean, he's... And look, I just got done saying, let's not overreact to quarterbacks, let's not start labeling them, but if the draft was tomorrow... I absolutely agree with you. I think Lamar Jackson would be so intriguing that he would be somewhere in that top ten conversation because he is a right handed Mike Vick. Uh, he's, I mean, I think the build you kind of worry about the durability with that kind of play style. Will he be able to hold up in the NFL? Uh, and then, of course, as a passer, how does he develop and, and progress and mature throughout this season? That's you know yet to be decided. You know, we'll have to see how he does this year. But if the draft was tomorrow, all the intrigue, all the you know what he could be as he continues to get better. I, I think there's a, a very good bet he'd be a top ten pick.
1: And my other guy is a man who's growing a man bun. My other guy, when I was watching West Virginia, Big Virginia fan. Tech. Now Virginia Tech won. Shout out to their quarterback Jackson, who's yeah. a nice little weapon there, running and throwing. Will Greer, Florida transfer. Apparently, uh, he transferred after he got busted for PEDs. But don't yeah. worry about that. He just said it was a supplement, but that he screwed up and right. didn't run it by the trainers or whatever. But that dude. Has uh, He has long hair, which is step one. Now, to if, he, great. if he had a shaved head, would that matter? Would you still like him? Or I would still like him. I would like him okay. a little less. Okay. Uh, the hair was the third thing I noticed. Okay. I, I just turned it off. I didn't know the quarterbacks in West Virginia, Virginia Tech game. I didn't know them. And I'm watching uh, West Virginia's offense, and I'm like, holy cow, Like that quarterback's an athlete. Looks mm-hmm. like he can read a defense. He's delivering a catchable ball. He's pushing it down the field. Tell me about Will Greer. This is my dude. I'm in. I got. I got 20 minutes of tape on him.
0: He's. I, I like him. I, you know. I. I've talked about him over the summer a little bit uh, because at when he went to Florida, he was a top recruit. I mean, he a big time winner in, in high school. Goes to Florida as a top recruit. Six and zero. His first six starts, and then he gets popped, and he's suspended for a year. And then he decides throughout the process that you know what, I'm going to transfer. Goes to West Virginia. This is the most talented quarterback that. Uh, I think Dana Holgerson has had in in Morgantown. Uh, now he's not the most physically gifted. He's not the biggest. Uh, his arm is probably more average than uh, above average, and just in terms of pure arm strength. But that's good he, enough. He can make the throws. Yeah, that's not. I'm not worried about that. Uh, his he's a, very much a rhythm passer. Where it might take him a few throws to get in rhythm, but once he finds that rhythm, uh, he he just rattles off these throws where he's giving his receiver, receivers a chance. He's throwing with timing. Uh, the chemistry start uh, st- start uh, p- to pick up as the season, or as the game went on. Uh, Karan White, Kevin's little brother, uh, had a few drops, but he also came through with some big catches. Stills, the other uh, wide receiver there for the uh, West Virginia Mountaineers. You know, I, I think West Virginia is going to be one of those teams in the Big Twelve this year that uh, it's going to. They're going to have a big win. They're going to knock off an Oklahoma. They're going to knock off uh, maybe an Oklahoma State. One of those. One of those teams uh, because West Virginia has that type of talent. Uh, on offense to score some points and it definitely starts with Greer
1: all right is there uh any other games we need to get to from over the weekend because I'm looking at the questions but we knocked out a lot of them well I've got other ones
0: okay we last week we gave our top four and our Heisman uh predictions one week is over would you change any of your top four or your
1: oh yeah I'll change the whole thing (laughs) uh yeah so check it out here's what we're gonna do for the final four we're gonna take Bama uh, Which you had, you had last week? Yeah, we have to get rid of Florida State, though. That's right. Florida State's out because DeAndre Francois lost his patella. Thoughts and prayers, peace and blessings. Rest in peace. Uh, okay, so I'm going to actually just kick their whole conference out. I'm going to go Bama. You okay. want, want might Washington? have to repick another one here. Did you go Washington? Soon. I can't remember. No, I did not go. Would you go from the pac USC.
0: USC. Okay. Yeah,
1: I'll keep. USC, just because I don't feel better about any other team in that conference yet. So we'll go Bama, USC, uh, OU Oklahoma State, OU Oklahoma State, OU Oklahoma State, OU mm. and Penn State. Okay. Take it. And uh, I will stick with Lam Lam to repeat for the Heisman, although I think Rosen and Barkley are the biggest threats. Interesting. Although Rosen won't win enough games. But the other quarterbacks didn't didn't have a nice start. Stam Darnold ain't off to a good start for the Heisman.
0: No, no, absolutely. I tell you what, though, if if Oklahoma makes the Final Four, like in your prediction they do, I bet you Baker Mayfield wins the Heisman. Oh, yeah. That I, I mean, well happen. he he tore up UTEP, which... Well, I got know, him again Utah. a high
1: ankle sprain in Week 3. Okay. Kyler gotcha. Murray carrying him for four or five weeks, and then Baker comes makes back. Makes sense. So that Lamb Lamb can win.
0: I'm not making any changes except for... Um, you know, I was on the fence... For my Pac-12 pick, who was it going to be? USC or Stanford? And after watching USC and Stanford, I feel a lot better about Stanford than I do USC, but hey, we're going to see it on the field this Saturday. Okay. Uh, it, I, it, USC couldn't stop the run. Stanford's going to run it on their throats. It's just going to come down to... Can Put Donald
1: Sam- in at middle linebacker. Go win the Heisman. <laughs>
0: hey, they've, Cam Smith's a, a linebacker. He can play a little bit, but overall as a team, that team defense, they need to figure out something before Stanford comes to town. Um can Sam Darnold do enough to outscore Stanford? Uh, that that's going to be the big question for Saturday night. Uh, but you know it's it, it, it's tough. Uh, you can't take too much from Week One, but at the same time, you know games did happen. You you have to draw some conclusions from that. Uh, Oklahoma State. I know it was Tulsa, but made me feel a lot better about my playoff prediction. They looked. They might be the best offense in all of college football, and now their defense isn't going to stop anybody. But it doesn't matter. You just outscore them. And that's what they did with when they had Brandon Whedon, Joseph Randall, and uh, Justin Blackman that year, which they just they laid an egg uh, against yes, Iowa State. Justin Blackman,
1: the uh, Des Bryant without the off field concerns is what yeah. some people told me. I remember that. We got some Twitter questions. Let's go to the people, Dane, from Yuma Cactus on Twitter. How does Dane do it? I think this question is about your ability um, to churn out children recently, I think. I'm on it, a roll there. It just says, how does Dane do it? It's very broad, um, open-ended. How do um, you make chicken wings? How do you make children? Yes. And how do you know every football player in the world? Well,
0: because that's the only three things I do in my life. okay. There's nothing else. That answers. There is absolutely nothing else in my life. Um, I do like to... Uh, nope, no, that's it. Yep, yeah, that's it. So okay. That's, that's how I do it. Got it. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. From Dan Shedd on Twitter. Can either of those Clegane boys' size translate to the next level? Are you familiar with the Clegane family of football? Do you watch Game of Thrones? No. Oh, son of a bitch. That's the hound and the mountain. These are two of the big guys, badasses in Game of Thrones. Problem with the mountain, of course, is that he's a zombie. (laughs) And so I don't know if the undead are allowed to play. Problem with the hound is he's not as big as the mountain, and he doesn't move well. Great sword fighter. Great strength. Uh, just not a lot of ability to move. I I, I thought you guys play a zombie. I would take the mountain as a one technique. Okay. But other than that, I think you're in trouble if you have either of them on the,
0: I thought you guys stumped me. I was like, I haven't heard of these
1: guys. Yeah. You're who are these brothers? You're way off. What if Mr. Belding was really Zach's dad from at Hmm. Tex honky? (laughs) I don't know. That'll make you think. I just, I just, I don't know. And what is the hottest thing y'all have eaten from at zipping castle? I had mm. to eat some sort of pepper on air one time, and like I don't eat anything spicy. Yeah. I don't eat medium wings, so I what? definitely don't eat hot wings. What's wrong with you? And so when I had to do that, I vomited through my nose, and uh, I hurt for 48 hours. I don't, wow. know, I don't do hot.
0: I uh, I love spicy food, and my father-in-law does—he's uh, uh, got his own garden, does his own peppers. I, I can't remember the amount of—the the peppers that he does, but um, he then he bakes them, and makes his own um, pepper flakes. And I put those pepper flakes on everything, pizza, whatever, spaghetti. Uh, But those, he made one batch with these peppers that were just uh, hard to get through. They were just so hot uh, just with the pepper flakes. But they were good. I love spicy food. I can't believe you don't like
1: spicy food. Well, it's not my fault, though. This is one of the things that I don't understand why people shame people. Why would you shame my taste buds? I didn't pick them. They're, my, why, they're just there. Why you gotta shame me for shaming you? I'm not shaming you for shaming me. I'm offended by you shaming me. All right, let's preview next weekend. We, hey, as
0: big as opening weekend was, this this upcoming weekend, and of course, you know, like su- Sunday night, West Virginia, Virginia Tech, uh, UCLA, Texas a and Why are you at the same time?
1: TV networks, what are you doing? Yeah, I cussed on Twitter. I said you shouldn't be allowed to be at commercial break at the same time, but you just shouldn't have scheduled the games at the same time.
0: Okay, well, this Saturday night, we're going to have four awesome games on at the same time, four different networks, Oklahoma at Ohio State, the games in Columbus, Saturday night, ABC. Buckeyes are actually a seven-point favorite. I will
1: take the Sooners.
0: I I think the key to this game is going to be Baker Mayfield to Mark Andrews. Uh, Baker Mayfield... Uh, is the best quarterback the Buckeyes are going to see this year? Mark Andrews is the best wide receiver slash tight end that they're going to see this year. So if they can stop that connection, uh, I, I think Ohio State's going to walk away with this victory. But uh, o- Oklahoma, they definitely have a shot to to win this game. J.T. Barrett, give him some help. J.K. Dobbins, uh, we'll see what he does for an encore, uh, his second career game. The Somebody freshmen.
1: beat Ohio State, convince them to try on offense. <laughs>
0: Uh, and like I said, I do, I do think they held back a little bit on offense. Kevin Wilson, I'm sure he's got a few things up his sleeve for uh, for the Sooners. Uh, and Lincoln Riley, he he turns 34 this week. He's 33? He's 33. Well, he turns 34 this week. So
1: That makes me feel so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 33. He's doing so much better things. No, no, he's not. No, he's not.
0: Not until well, if he, unless he beats Ohio State. Then, well,
1: yeah, but he's just coaching. Yeah, like he helps what a hundred people at a time. <laughs> I talk to more people than that. Auburn at Clemson
0: again Saturday night. ESPN. Clemson six and a half point favorite. Um, I don't think we learned much against uh, for Clemson against Kent State last week. New quarterback looked pretty good. Yeah, Kelly Bryant. He did. Um, I think him and Deion Kane. Cain, Deion Kane's the next Clemson receiver. Uh, you know they. Seem to have one every year. Mike Williams, Sammy Watkins, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Martavis Bryant. I mean, they they have one every year. Deion Kane's the next guy.
1: Did Georgia Tech run the triple option when Demarius Thomas and Calvin Johnson were there? Yeah. Why'd they go to Georgia Tech?
0: Well, they didn't originally when Calvin Johnson went there. <laughs>
1: okay, it helps him uh, block, I bet.
0: But yeah, Demarius Thomas. That's why Demarius Thomas was such a surprise when uh, you know I think he came out early for the draft and then. Did really what the combine the workouts and you know we were thinking you know he's talented and all of a sudden he gets pushed up pushed up he was drafted ahead Des uh, Bryant that year which never thought that would have happened you know a couple months before but that's that makes it tough for when you're evaluating the Georgia Tech but Auburn back to Auburn and Clemson um, Jarrett Stidham can't wait to see him against a very tough Clemson uh, front uh, and a Gus Malzahn offense I mean Stidham has everything you want uh, physically I think he's a smart kid. Uh, how does he do? How acclimated to the offense is he? Uh, will Auburn be able to put up points against that Clemson defense? So eager to see that that matchup. Stanford at USC. Referenced this earlier. Oh.
1: Another Saturday
0: night game. This title game on Fox. Uh, Week two title game. <laughs> USC is actually the favored by four points in this game. Uh, Sam Darnold. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Sam Darnold. Can he bounce back? Can he put up enough points? Because I think Stanford offense, the offensive line is legit. Bryce Love, he might go for 200 yards against this USC defense. Uh, So I don't think USC defense is going to stop anybody. But can Sam Darnold and Ronald Jones, two studs, absolute studs, can they do enough to put up enough points and outscore them? Um, I think Stanford is the better coach team, and that could be enough in this game. So
1: shots fired.
0: I don't feel great. About picking USC, uh, but I picked him for my Final Four, so I'll go with them barely.
1: I picked him for my Final Four, and I'll pick Stanford. Just okay, to be, just to be against you.
0: Uh, one more game we'll talk about from Saturday night: Georgia at Notre Dame. Uh, I know neither of these teams are necessarily in the national title hunt this year, but they're national powers. Uh, got two two programs that recruit a lot of dudes, a lot of talent. Uh, I think Notre Dame, Brandon Wimbush at quarterback uh he can play and josh adams a running back reminds me a lot of derrick henry at alabama
1: has brian kelly started undermining or discrediting or trying to ruin his quarterback yet? not yet but it could happen okay in wait this game for yeah, yeah it'll happen.
0: usually the first few games you know they smooth sailing but at some point there's a hiccup could be this it gets a very tough georgia defense could be this week uh but notre dame has some dudes on the left side of the offensive line Both those guys are top 50 picks, uh, Mike McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson. Uh, So we're going to see Josh Adams running behind uh, that left side of the offensive line quite a bit. Uh, they got a few guys on defense. Uh, Georgia's going to be rolling out from a true freshman quarterback who looks like a stud, but he's a true freshman quarterback. So uh, going into South Bend, Notre Dame favored by six and a half points. I think they'll win this. I think they'll cover as well.
1: All right, that's a good look at the weekend that we got coming up ahead here on Trust the Tape. Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053 on Twitter. Dane Brugler at DP Brugler on Twitter. We encourage you to uh, leave a review on the podcast. Hit the five-star button and then say, man, thanks for all that content. It was so good. Something like that. Something real positive like that. And from Blake on Twitter to end the show, toilet paper over or under on the roll. The people need to know it's over. If you go under, you're a communist.
0: Has it ever been disputed? I mean, has anyone ever argued for the under?
1: Maybe Australians, because their oh. toilets spin backwards, so maybe they okay. flip their roll. Now I will say this: if it's ever under, because I'm hungover or something, and I put it on that way, I will not change it. I'll ride that out until okay. the end. But over is the right answer if you're if you believe in freedom, basically. So that's it. Trust the tape. Whoop, whoop. We'll see you next week.